0: on Mercury. Uh, I'm Dan Rasnowski. I'm Joe Schaefer. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, Joe, just kick us off.
1: Thanks, Dan. Of
0: course. <coughs> First, I'm a little ill, oh. so I'm, I might
1: clear my throat and stuff like that, but I'm going to put a cough drop in my mouth right now. <coughs> so, we're going to talk about Mercury. <laughs> I'll go over the... Um, like alchemical, hermetic aspect as usual. So, Getting right into it, according to Julius Evola, the entopan, the chaos, or everything aspect of the one is related to or known to uh, or known by many other things. He writes, quote, It is night, the abyss, the matrix, the place of the tree, the woman, the mother, the lady of the philosophers, the goddess of sublime beauty... But the technical and specific symbols of the Hermetico-alchemical texts are, above all, those of water and mercury. The images of all and the mother or woman come through in a passage of Paracelsus uh, of the 16th century. He writes, As a man may return into the womb of his mother, i.e. into the earth, out of which he was first made a man, and shall again be raised at the last day, so also all metals may return into living mercury again and become mercury, and by fire be regenerated and purified, if for the space of forty weeks they be kept in continual heat, as an infant is in his mother's womb. Forty is also an interesting number that comes up a lot. Evelyn also writes, quote, Everything is composed of mercury or mercurial water, say the texts. It is what constitutes, they say, the matter, the beginning and end of the work, unquote. So yeah, very it's a very important. I think I said it in our last episode too. It just comes up all the time. I see Mercury coming up more than any other you know symbol or uh, metal. And um, I also have another example of what Evel was just talking about from Bernard Earl of Treviso, who's from like the late 14th century. He writes quote and know that our mercurial water is a living water and a burning fire, mortifying and tearing in pieces gold more than common fire. Unquote. All that symbolic overlapping again like water and fire it's burning water basically corrosive it's corrosive they say a lot too Hmm. so repeating and corroborating something i've said uh, in the last episode is that mercury is very important symbol both its ideogram and the idea and the symbol of it um, to the alchemists and the hermeticists oswald worth and the hermetic symbolism and its relation to alchemy and freemasonry states quote No other alchemical sign is equal in importance to that of Mercury. All of the Hermetic doctrine synthesizes there in some way. Also, one is very close to possessing the secret of the grand art once having managed to discern that which the philosophers have veiled under the symbol of which they make the most use, unquote. So, we will hopefully be able to help the listener get close to possessing that secret of the grand art in this episode. But same thing with sulfur. It's such a grand, big symbol, even more so than, than sulfur, that we, you just kind of have to pick a stopping point. So whole books could be written about, you know, Mercury itself. Um, we'll just try to get as much as we can figure out to you. So describing the actual symbol itself... Um, do you want to just describe the symbol? We both... we? we actually like on our last episode the sulfur symbol in your occult realm was different than the alchemical one but right. we just looked in your book and yeah so mercury was basically the same ideogram in both worlds so
0: yeah so <laughs> uh the symbol for mercury is uh well imagine the symbol that they use uh, for it's essentially female, so you know you have male and female symbols. It's the circle with the arrow going off to the you know diagonally on the circle for male, and then female it is a circle on top of a intersection an intersection like a cross. Um, so uh, it's that, but then on top, so you have the cross, the circle on top of the cross, on top of the circle is almost another half circle so imagine an eight but with the top half of the eight still there but the top circle of the eight cut in half yeah Um, so
1: it's the you have the circle you have the circle with a cross underneath it and a crescent moon sitting on top of it. essentially yes
0: and it, it uses the female symbol as well um so, there's Mercury, uses female symbol. Mars actually uses the male symbol. So, again, coming back into the whole male female, you know, that's never going to go right, away. Right, well, like we were just saying, it's connected also to the mother, Yes, yeah. feminine. So, uh, that's the symbol. Very, very simple. Again, you can look it up if you're curious. Uh, kind of jumping a little bit off topic, the sign for Venus is essentially the exact same thing, but without that crescent. Yes, yeah, circle on top. with the cross. Yeah, yeah so. Um, all very similar,
1: so. Yeah, uh, and I was—you uh, brought up exactly what I was going to get into. As uh, Oswald Worth points out, that we can see in the symbol there's like two different <clears throat> interpretations of the actual ideogram. And he says within it we can see the sign of Venus mounted by the crescent moon, or you can look at it as the sign of alkaline salt. So the circle with the crescent moon on top of it, almost like um, a figure with horns. Yeah, that's but I mean. A- if you're watching this on YouTube you could see like that's one of the ones on the on the picture mm-hmm. um, so yeah it could also be considered as uh, alkaline salt mounted over the cross um, yeah we won't get too far into the Mars Venus relation at least not on my end but we can do it we were probably we were talking we'll probably do an episode on the planets right yeah and like their symbolism and all that kind of stuff but um, I will go into just a little bit about what worth was saying. Uh, He says that in the first case, so the sign of Venus mounted by a crescent moon, in this interpretation, this indicates a containing substance, germinal vital vital energies destined to spread themselves, Uh, the superposition of the moon denoting that this evolution must take place in the sublunar domain, thus in the sphere of material undergoing perpetual change. And regarding the second interpretation, so alkaline over the cross, alkaline salt over the cross, Worth explains it as the first matter of the philosophers, or alkaline salt, with the sign of fecundation, the cross added to it. The first matter being capable of undergoing all metamorphoses is now animated. He also writes about how we can interpret uh, the upside-down symbol of Mercury, but I'm not going to get into that because... I'm going to move into Julius Evola, who talks about like a bipartite.
0: I didn't even know there was an upside down symbol <clears throat> for it.
1: Well, it's more about like if the symbol's upside down, you can interpret it in a certain way. Oh, okay. It's, it's more like it that. doesn't
0: mean something though. Well, I mean, I don't. I
1: like well, like I said, I'm just going to skip over that shit. Right, right, <laughs> and right. And just get into in the Hermetic tradition. Evola writes, "Quote this Mercury." So just talking about Mercury. This Mercury must not be confused, of course, with original Mercury. It is a mercury that is still impure and terrestrial. The earth there. Its symbol expresses the state of the elements, the cross, in a nature, alkaline salt, subjected to the lunar law of transformations, so the superior position of the moon, with respect to the symbol of undifferentiated substance, so the circle, as we've talked about ages ago, at this point now. Yeah. Unquote. So now that Evola has come up, let's point out... um, a contradiction between him and Worth that came up in our last episode uh, on sulfur. Whereas Worth notes that mercury is related to the soul, Evola writes explicitly that it is connected to the spirit. Specifically, he writes, quote, man carries hermetically in his soul the presence of the solar and golden force. In his spirit, he carries that of the lunar and mercurial force. And finally, in the body, the force of salt is expressed, unquote. Now it gets confusing here because Evela doesn't mention sulfur in that, uh, which worth corresponds to the spirit. Evela does, however, provide a quote from Jacob Baim, a German like, uh, spiritual writer, mystic, which does mention sulfur and its relation to salt and mercury, which reads as follows, quote, everything that grows, lives, and moves in this world is in sulfur, and mercury is its life, and salt is the corporeal essence of mercury's hunger, unquote. Later, Evola writes, quote, alchemically speaking, the spirit is mercury, unquote. Now, like we said in our last episode, we were saying, like, well, what does spirit mean? Maybe that can kind of help us understand. And it's it's hard just from, like, what I've read so far to kind of get at that. Well, but I think
0: a lot of people think spirit is soul or they're synonymous.
1: Well, right, but that's what I'm saying is, yeah, like, it's, it's it obviously isn't. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Evola writes that the spirit to the hermeticist corresponds analogically to, to the planetary region intermediary between earth and heaven if that helps there's that so far but we're gonna have to like delve in it for for future and just like when when it really comes times where we we have to understand you know what exactly is meant by spirit soul body's i think obviously a bit easier to understand you know
0: well, oh, yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory. But the whole spirit and soul thing, like you said, they're clearly different. They clearly have different things attached to them. It's just, yeah, I'm sure that's another rabbit hole.
1: Yeah, there's a whole metaphysic to get into. hmm So, um, Evola also makes reference to a bipartite division of Mercury, <clears throat> in which there is one Mercury, which is symbolized with the crescent moon on top, like we just said. And another one that is, instead of uh, a crescent moon, it's the Aries symbol coming off of the top of it. He explains that the second symbol, the one with Aries, quote, corresponds to the double mercury or androgen possessing the nature of fiery or burning water, expressions that betray their identity with the fire or soul principle. Soul principle, excuse me. And in fact, its symbol is obtained from that of ordinary mercury, with the moon on top, by the substitution of the sign of Aries or sulfur in the pure state for that of the rising moon. So it's almost like a sulfuric mercury, an active fiery mercury. He goes on, <clears throat> excuse me. Thus life forces are interpreted by a masculine spiritual quality which reveals the rising of the gold or soul. Unquote. So it's kinda <laughs> it's like kind of confusing. And a lot, a lot of symbolic overlapping, but I just want to make listeners aware of that second Mercury because it pops up a lot in uh, in Evola's book. It came up all the time, especially when he's talking about the art and the act. And he talks about like the wet path and the dry path and uh, all these different ways of going through the alchemical, you know, art. He does explain uh, the lunar Mercury is a more aquatic or fluid entity. So, like we've said before. Connected with the idea of water, well, you know, quicksilver is like a liquid metal. Liquid, so, right. um, where was I? Yeah, the lunar mercury is a more aquatic or fluid entity, and also, quote, the seat of the senses, the mirror in which are illuminated the phantasms of things, whence its connection to the power of the imagination. Unquote. <coughs> Damn. <laughs> Of the Aries Mercury, he calls it the, quote, "...mercury united with fire, a more subtle, fluid entity, less corporeal, more specialized by an uh, intimate interpretation with the soul principle." Both of these mercuries come up when Evola describes the separation phase of the alchemical process, which he describes like this, quote, "...the task is to emancipate the subtle form of life, Mercury, that unites soul and body from Saturn." Which is the physical body itself, and which, in the process of identification with, uh, f- with form, attracts and fixes to itself the Mercury and its individual character, designated by the Lunar Mercury as opposed to the Aries Mercury. Unquote. So, with all that coming up, all that, that's why I think it might be a nice, maybe just kind of talk about planets, just in a general sense, next. You know?
0: Yeah, because they have their own, they got their own meanings and things attached to them as well. Right. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about with them. It's not just... their planets in alchemy, No, yeah.
1: And then, yeah, sort of a segue to... <clears throat> um, I'm just going to quote a little bit of a passage here uh, from someone we cite a lot, Jabber Ibn Hayyan. Talking about Mercury, but... As you'll see, a lot of, like, planetary stuff, or at least the names. But then that's another thing where it gets confusing, because it's like, you're talking about the planet... But also its symbol and also the God associated with it right. Right, at times, you know. Ah
0: oh, man. Yeah, there's
1: it's just one of those things where <clears throat> digging into it you realize how much you don't know, you know? Yeah, you really don't. Yeah. So sure. I'm just gonna read this. This is Jabraben Hayan. Sure. Quote. <clears throat> or actually here, can you read this? My throat's all messed up. Just it's just and then it goes right on the next page there. So um just this, okay. Yeah. yeah, and then there's a little bit on the next place. So. Ar-
0: Argent vive? Argent, what is that?
1: Um, probably pronounced like Argent vive. It's, I Argent think that comes vive. from like
0: French. Which it means live or quicksilver. Gotcha. So Argent vive or mercury. Uh, Argent vive, which is also called mercury by the ancients, is a viscous water in the bowels of the earth by most tempered heat united in a total union through its least parts. With the substance of white subtle, uh, sub, sub, subtile, I think it's subtile, earth, until the humid be contempered by the dry, and the dry by the humid equally. Therefore, it easily runs upon a plain superficies. Man, some difficult language in these books, folks. Um, I, I do believe it's just superficies, uh, by reason of its watery humidity. But it adheres not, although it hath a viscous humidity by reason of the dryness of that which contemporates it, and permits it not to adhere. It also, as some say, the matter of metals with sulfur, and it easily adheres to three minerals, uh, to Saturn, and Jupiter, and Sol, which is, you know, like sun or fire. S-O-L. Yeah, exactly, Sol. But to Luna more difficultly. To Venus more difficultly than to Luna, but to Mars in no wise unless by artifice. Therefore, hence, you may collect a very great, turning the page here, a great secret, for it is amicable and pleasing to metals, and the medium of conjoining tinctures and nothing is submerged in Argent Vive unless it be soul. Yet Jupiter and Saturn, Luna and Venus are dissolved by it. And mixed, and without it, none of the metals can be gilded. It is fixed, and by gilded means like, you know, gold. Um, it is fixed, and it is uh, a tincture of redness of most exuberant refection and fulged splendor, and then it recedes not from the commixtion until it is its own uh, nature. Yet it is not our medicine in its nature, but it can sometimes likewise help in the case. So there you go. <clears throat> Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. I'm dying mm-hmm. over here. Some of those...
1: Yeah, and it's written, like, the spelling of the words is interesting, because it's like... Well, and one of the things I just quoted, like, the guy... Who was it? It was Paracelsus. He spelled, like, he, like, he did it. He spelled it H-E-E, you know? So it throws Well, because it it's just old, yeah. yeah. it's old. And thing. then, um, for the word, again, there's an E at the end, mm-hmm. so, yeah, interesting stuff like that, but, yeah.
0: A lot of these texts are like that, so...
1: Well, that wraps it up for my end, so... If you want to get into the occult aspect of Mercury.
0: Yeah, so the occult aspect, again, the symbol's the same, um, but of course it's more, I guess you could say, physical, because here again, we're talking about a planet now instead of maybe just a. And the metal. And the metal, yeah. of course, Quicksilver. So <laughs> uh, literally, Quicksilver, the metal, you know, the liquid that they would put in thermometers and stuff like that in the past, hmm. uh, that. Um, so in all reality, Mercury. Most of the time, when they're talking about rituals or talking about the planet, the planets have to align. That's always something that comes up in a lot of spiritual... Right. uh, Because it's just a matter of, to put it simply, the energies. Like, when all the planets are aligned or some of them are aligned, there's certain energies that are going on there because they're aligned. And um, they don't really know why. They think it's because when the planets are... Like each planet gives off energy, and they think like it's almost like a magnifying glass effect. So you got them all lined up, and all of a sudden it's just shooting energy. Put it simply, because I'm
1: sure there's probably I'm sure there probably is very deep and detailed explanations for why. But like yeah, we'd have to get like a, a whole. It would be a whole metaphysic thing. And that, I was reading, yeah. it
0: and I'm like, there's no way like I can explain that without just it eventually it would get very.
1: Well, we're trying to just give like a symbolic, like just what the symbol is, so we don't need to explain the metaphysics of planetary alignment in this episode, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So
0: imagine just like the planets being a telescope, and mm-hmm. then it just gets magnified through that. And Mercury uh, has a bunch of gods associated with that um, in many different cultures. There were so many that I wasn't even going to bother, you know, talking about it because it's not like a couple cultures of like Mercury. You know, you hear Mercury, there's, um, there's just too many. I can always come back to it. Uh, It's not too horribly interesting. There wasn't a whole lot about these gods that these cultures have on them. It's just other than, like, you know, this god's associated with Mercury in this culture, and so on and so forth. Wasn't that interesting? So that's the planet. Um, And most of these rituals that they do in these books, they use the planet. Though, they do use the liquid sometimes, like the actual quicksilver, the metal, Mercury... And it makes no sense. I don't know what they're. Tr- I don't know what they're trying to achieve through it. Everything that I've seen, what they do is um, they ingest it. So they'll they'll take it. They'll dilute it with water as best they can, and then they'll drink it. But oh. I don't know the purpose. They say it's supposed to um, some sort of cleansing sort of thing, like it's a metal that just flushes out the bo- you know of, of certain spiritual uh, negative energies, something like that. But Uh, It kills you if you ingest it. It's dangerous. So um, it comes up a lot, surprisingly. People think that it's safe to do even if you dilute it with water, but it's just...
1: Well, it's like as a metal, it's very um, mysterious and attractive and fascinating you know well, it's, it's, a, like, it's a liquid yeah liquid metal yeah Quicksilver, it's crazy so you know like whenever you're a kid and you're in school and you first see like those pictures of like they put a sponge in there and then they pull it out and every drop of mercury falls off falls the sponge. Out, Yeah, and it
0: doesn't even look like the sponge is you wet just really want to play with it and, and <laughs> they used to pl- people used to play with it all the time well like
1: hatters you remember yeah yeah haberdashery
0: haberdashery mm-hmm. yeah they they didn't think it was a problem. They didn't see it as a poisonous metal, but it is poisonous. But they do believe because it's a liquid metal, that means it has some sort of weird property that they can use for these rituals. Mm. Um, but more often than not, it's dangerous, and they just end up either destroying their liver or their kidneys or something, or they're just dead. Yeah. So, I <clears> mean... Yeah, you,
1: you go crazy, you can get, like, dementia.
0: Yeah, it, it really, uh, you know... For lack of a better word, fucks like, you up. Yeah, you mad know? as
1: a hatter because they would use like the mercury to compress the the hat around the the shape they were trying to give it. Uh, yeah, and so they always were handling it, and then they would just like go insane. So yeah, you know, a mad hatter, mad as a hatter. They're touching it, and
0: it. then they're touching their you know nose or eyes. And
1: um, yeah, so but that reminded me what we were just saying about like just its its actual physical properties. Um, I think in a sense why it's it's connected to. Um, so in the alchemical aspect, like yeah, so mercury being a fluid yet metallic, so it's 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 a you know speaking symbolically, then it's like it is the metal you know in the and the, the we've talked about what uh metals mean in like episode one, so it is a metal, but it's a fluid one, so in that sense it corresponds to the subtle body, which is sort of like um. That, i think it comes up in hinduism too about um it's it's something about there's lev- levels of your body there's the actual body there's the soul just like we just kind of talked about and then there's another layer in between there kind of
0: i think there's like like diagrams of like a like a human like a silhouette and it shows those different levels i'm pretty sure i've seen that before
1: yeah i don't know yeah don't I'm, know. Not, I'm
0: not too sure either um but yeah, no. That that's really it about the the occult mm-hmm. side. Um more so uh on the al- alchemical side this time. There's not a whole lot on the occult side because other than the planet because it's just it it's just a dangerous metal and there's not a whole lot to use it for. It's all about the planet, the energy from the planet. But um again, we can go into that and I would like to go into that in a for a later episode. Yeah, we we'll have
1: to talk a little bit about planets. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I think we'll, we'll maybe next week we'll do maybe planets and then um, we're gonna talk. We have to talk a little bit about numbers and colors, right? And but I think you said we were gonna group one of those two
0: together. We'll have to figure it out. We gotta do research. We yeah. gotta do research and figure out how that will play out. So, and while I knew you said this is getting mm-hmm. uh, severely more difficult than yeah, it's way harder. Yeah. The first episodes were easy to do. Mm-hmm. But, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, um, kind of a quick episode, not a whole lot to it, at least on my end. But with that being said, uh, this was episode 7 on Mercury. Uh, I'm Dan Rasnowski, Joe Schaefer, and uh, thanks once again for tuning in. We'll see you next week.